Blog Talk Radio. Glamour Fearless. Diva Talk Radio. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Honey, love has come and gone, and we are moving on. Are you ready to dance with us, baby? Come on. Hello, divas and dudes. Are you ready? Because I'm ready to welcome you to June's Diabetes Roundtable podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Diva Bedick, and I hope tonight's podcast helps to empower you to manage your diabetes with confidence, knowledge, and inspiration. Joining me tonight on our podcast are the Charlie's Angels of Outreach, Diva Bedick Image and Style Advisor, Catherine Schuler, Mama Rosemarie, Tony Cervati, the founder and CEO of Type 1 Rider, Dr. Beverly S. Adler, I love to call her Dr. Bev, the author of My Sweet Life, Successful Men with Diabetes, and the inventor of a diabetic discovery, Yonanus Machine, Eileen McHale is here with a special Yonanus Prize giveaway that's sure to keep you happy and healthy this summer. Tonight's podcast is inspired by Brett Michaels the lead vocalist for the band Poison, who recently won Celebrity Apprentice, and proved to the world, I think, that diabetes can't stop you from trumping the competition. (laughs) Brett Michaels keeps his blood sugars in check while touring with his band by carrying a large supply of food with him and checking his blood sugar at least eight times a day. Feel like a rock star and let Brett Michaels inspire you to check, not guess, at your blood sugars so that you could put on your best performance all summer long. Now, before we get things started, I'd like to encourage you to show your support for our dazzling brand of diabetes outreach by donating today at divabetic.org. Your tax-deductible contributions are greatly appreciated. Sit back, relax, and get ready to laugh a little and learn a lot with Diabetes Roundtable. Wow, that got a thunderous applause because guess what, everybody? It's time to welcome my first guest, and she's our Divabetic Image and Style Advisor. We put her to the test because there's so many products on the shelves today that claim to be healthy for us. We decided at Divabetic we would go through and check them out, and if we found anything that we really, really liked, we would let you all know about it. So this is our newest segment. It's called Divabetic Discoveries. And I'd like to welcome Catherine Schuler. Hi, Catherine. Okay. Hi, Max. How are you doing? I'm doing great tonight, thank you. You sound great. <laughs> and now I'm giving you the applause. All right, well, I'm on the West Coast tonight um, because I'm celebrating my nephew's graduation from the eighth grade. And everyone in California, of course, is sunny and always trying to be healthy. I don't know about you, but when it comes to summer, I scream. A lot of people scream. We all scream for ice cream. <laughs> ice cream. <laughs> and you love ice cream, too. But I know lately you've been really counting your sugar grams. So you found something that could give me that still that sweet treat that I love to have during the hot days of summer and, and not compromise my health uh, goals for the summer either. 
That's true. I am the doyen of discovery. <laughs> I have my ear to the tracks when it comes to finding things that I love for my divas and me, because I consider myself one uh, of the sisterhood out there. And I'm always looking for things that are new and innovative, delicious, and appealing on all all levels for for our diabetes management. And so, what is the product that you found? Well, I was at the Bridal Expo because I'm um, doing a, I was doing a show at the uh, Yotel where I am the fashion coordinator, and I had a, a beautiful bride's um, uh, event the other day, and I was looking for sponsors, so I went to this great Bridal Expo, and lo and behold, they had... Uh, interesting wedding items for registers for the bride, registries for the bride. And there was this little machine there that was making this delicious gelato. And I said, oh, I wish I could have that. <sighs> I, I, just, I can't have sorbet because it has sugar in it because I'm very savvy about my, my sugar consumption. I don't get any more than zero to 24 grams in 24 hours. And I thought, oh, that looks delicious. And she came up. I went up to the booth and I said, um, gee, I'd love some ice cream. And she said, well, have all you want because this is just frozen fruit. And I said, you're kidding. And she said, no, you can give it to your kids for breakfast and tell them it's ice cream. And I, I tasted it. And it's simply, because it's called Yonanas, the basis, a basic thing that you need to put into the mix first is a frozen banana, and then you add any other fruit to it. So it comes out this, almost like a, uh, a custard gelato, and it's absolutely delicious. And I thought to myself, this is something I need to share with the community of divas. And uh, so I said, could you have a card? Because I'm doing a fashion show, and I also am image and style director of this fabulous organization that helps women and be divas about their diabetes. It's so we're dying to reach the diabetes community because this is so great and summer's coming up and it's just so refreshing to have a, a summer treat that doesn't have sugar in it. And I said, amen, sister, give me your card. So um, the next day I got on the phone and I called uh, her uh, office and she put me in touch with uh, the PR people for um, Eileen and uh, the... Okay, wait, sister. hold on, Catherine, because here's where it gets interesting, everybody. Everyone out there knows I already love frozen yogurt. They know that I go, you know, during the uh -huh. summer, I go everywhere. So you actually told me about this machine that uh -huh. makes frozen bananas or other frozen uh, fruits, and uh -huh. you put it in there really easy to use, and it, and the banana comes out smooth and creamy like my, my favorite frozen yogurt. I want to tell yeah. the listeners right now, I did not believe Catherine Schuler when she claimed this. So, of course, then I had to meet Catherine, and she had to prove it to me, which she did, ladies and gentlemen. I'm excited to say that because now <laughs> Catherine Schuler. <laughs> uh, not only did I fall in love with the program, I mean product. You you convinced me to fall in love with it. You fell in love with it. So we're going to yeah. bring in our next guest because I really do think this is an incredible opportunity for everyone out there who has a sweet tooth, but they want to stay healthy. And 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 during the summer, this is so important to find great products out there, and this is one of the best. Let's welcome the the uh, inventor of the Yonanis maker or machine. Eileen McHale. Hello, Eileen. Yay. Hi, Max. Hi, Max. Hi, Catherine. Thank you so Hi, much for having me. Thank you. And thank you for discovering us. Uh, uh, yes. You know, as you were saying, so excited that you all found us because, as we said, this has just been, it's been a treat 
for us to just get this really warm embrace from all sorts of, of folks that are having fun with, with Yonanas. But I think just the diabetic community in particular, it's, it's really awesome uh, that you're discovering what we're all about. Well, I kind of love your story too, Eileen. I want you to tell everyone about it. You worked for years uh, in the natural food market, and you're a cook, and you would love to entertain. And so you you were looking at this, trying to think of something interesting, uh, a, a fun dessert to kind of serve your friends and family. And tell us a little bit how you, you came up with this whole great invention. Yeah, so that's true. I, I did. I worked in the natural foods industry. I was out there on the West Coast in California for a long time. Um, was also just inspired by that wonderful kind of health and wellness attitude and philosophy on the West Coast. But you know what? I also I'm from the Midwest, and you know what? I grew up on on um, you know that really kind of you know wonderful diet that always ended with you know ice cream at the end of the day, even if it was February. It didn't matter if it was July or February. Um, but you know this was something that uh, I didn't realize as a child, I struggled with dairy. I have a sweet tooth that I inherited from my father, and, uh, you know, I just love, love sweet foods, love desserts, but I struggled with it, didn't realize why I wasn't feeling well. And so my husband and I had this idea about 10 years ago when we were living out on the West Coast, and because of my culinary background, um, you know, we started playing with this idea, and when we started serving it to friends that were very finicky eaters, but they said, wow, this is absolutely delicious, um, and then couldn't believe that it was 100% frozen fruit, just like you just said, Max, you were so skeptical, um, we felt like, oh, my goodness, I think we're on to something. This, this could really, really be something exciting for a lot of people, and it has been. Not only am I skeptical, I also don't cook. So I want people to know right now <laughs> this machine's easier to work than a blender. So, I mean, I, I just want to, like, you know, jump into – but I, we have to describe the taste. Catherine and I both have it. What it does is you take that frozen banana, which you said is, like, ripe. That's what I had. You put it in the machine, and then it just – it kind of gives it out, and it has the consistency of frozen yogurt. And it really – I found it very satisfying. What did you think, Catherine? Yeah, it was – I find it was really tasty and didn't really need any sugar because um, I, I always have to add something sweet to it, and it didn't even need even stevia. So that was mm -hmm. a real discovery because I thought this is perfect because it's just fruit. It really is just fruit, and all those things that are just fruit, froze fruit, what, they all have sugar additives to them. Mm -hmm. And where That's can you get the machine, Eileen? So you can find this at Bed Bath & Beyond. You can find it at Target. We sell it on QVC. So you pretty much can, can find this, you know, just about anywhere, which is, which is really, I think, quite wonderful. I think it's just easy and accessible for us to be able to, to uh, get a hold of it. You can obviously check out our, our website where we have a Where to Buy page, which is yonanas.com, Y-O-N-A-N-A-S.com. And I think just, you know, what you were just saying too, Max, is, Something that's really wonderful about Yonanas is it's fast, it's fun, and it is easy. And if you do take fruit, as long as that fruit is frozen, whether you bought it at the grocery store or you cut it up and you froze it yourself, mm -hmm. um, you know, we, we usually tell people, you know, let that, when you take it out of the freezer, let it thaw for 10 minutes more or less, push it through the machine, and literally in 20, 30 seconds, you can have a bowl that looks, tastes, and feels like a soft-serve ice cream or a gelato-like treat but, again, be 100% fruit, whether you use bananas or not, because you don't have to use a single banana uh, mm -hmm. if you want to get that gelato-like consistency. But the other tip, too, is if you're going to use bananas, 
Use those banana bread ones, you know, those overripe, really sweet ones that you're ready to throw away. Peel them first and freeze those. That will also help give you a wonderful the ugly kind of ones. creamy-like texture. The ugly ones, exactly. Yeah, the ugly ones it. are perfect. They're they perfect. turn into swans, thanks to you. But guess what? I think this product is so good. I'm giving everyone a sneak peek that it's probably going to be on Mr. Divabetic's favorite things list for 2013, which will be great. And Eileen and uh, Catherine for helping us out tonight. Eileen's taking it one step further, Catherine Schuler, in your honor, and you're going to help inspire people to stay healthy and happy all summer long by giving away a Yonanis machine later on wow. in the show. We'll have it available on the Divabetic Facebook page. So. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen. If you think this machine is too good to be true, guess what? You could find out. You could be a winner tonight, or you could go to Bed Bath Beyond and get your own Yonanis machine. I'm convinced. I'm bananas for Yonanis. How's that, everybody? All right. Thanks for joining the show, you two. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Max. Straight ahead, it's time to meet the Charlie's Angels of Outreach. Where my ladies at? I said, where my ladies at? Let's find somewhere we can go crazy at. If you. I gotta tell you, that's not all ladies tonight, everybody. It's another first at Divabetic. We've gonna, we're gonna have. Not only two of the smartest and sexiest educators from around the country, we have one of the handsome, handsomest, smartest educators from around the country, too, because tonight our Charlie's Angels of Outreach includes a man, a male educator uh, in celebration of Father's Day. So let's welcome the educators we have tonight on the show. Please welcome Dr. Beverly S. Adler. Hi, Dr. Bev. Hey there, Max, and and hi to your diabetes dudes and divas tonight. And we're going to be talking about your newest book. I love it. It's called My Sweet Life, Successful Men with Diabetes, a little bit later on in the show. Thank you very much. Um, And this, as you know, listeners who have heard Dr. Bubb before on the program and who also listened to our poet Lorraine uh, Brooks, who's on all the time, this is a follow-up to another book you wrote um, last year, My Sweet Life, Successful Women Living with Diabetes. So people should know that both of those books are available on Amazon.com, and we'll be hearing more about these inspiring stories a little bit later on in the show. But let's welcome Patricia Addy-Gentle to the show. Hello, Hello, Patricia. Thanks for having me. I'm on a time delay because I'm on the West Coast, everybody. And finally, our third educator... (laughs) Rohi Magni. I think I butchered, butchered your name, Rohi. How are you tonight? Good. How is everyone? Hi, Dr. Bev and Patricia. Hi, there. Hi, Rohi. Now, I hope you don't mind me calling you an angel, but I've got to tell you, you're the first man, male educator we've had on the show, and I wanted to do this because we're spotlighting the fact that this year, DivaBetic is coming out with their first ever eye candy calendar for 2014. Hard to believe this, but yes, we've found some of the hottest, hunkiest fit, male fitness models out there, ladies, to help encourage you to stay healthy and happy all year long. So make sure you get your calendar coming out later this fall. 100% of the proceeds benefit Divabetic and and our continued outreach efforts. And one of our outreach efforts is in Philadelphia, where Rohib, you're at, and you have presented at one of our amazing outreach events, uh, Love on a Two-Way Street. So can you tell everyone about your participation in some of the Diva Bedic events? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm one of the pharmacists uh, that participates in the Steve Abedic, uh, uh Club in Philadelphia that's uh, sponsored by uh, Max uh, at Divabetic uh, Thomas Jefferson University Hospital. And uh, it's it's a great time. I think it's a great support group for patients who, uh, you know, are always looking forward to come every third Thursday of the uh, of the month. And we talk about all kinds of uh, you know issues when it comes to diabetes. Um, the fact that it's a free event um, and there's usually some food and goodies provided um, is al- also a good thing. In, in addition to the uh, community feeling that a lot of these patients get, and and you know frank discussions, we can we get some we get pretty down and dirty on uh, uh, during our some of our discussions uh, in terms of going where no. Uh, Diva or dude has gone before. Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks to you, we've been able to really um, outreach to a lot of men through our annual Love on a Two-Way Street program that happens every February. And we're really talking about intimacy issues among people living with diabetes. And uh, because you're on the show tonight, we're going to talk a little bit about that and give people a snapshot into what the Diva Better Club is all about and why it's so important to have honest, frank discussions with every member of your healthcare entourage, not only your endocrinologist or your general practitioner, but also your pharmacist. And so now, Angels, in honor of Rohit joining us, are you ready for your hot topics tonight? Ooh la la. Oh, Bring that it was on. Patricia, I think, who did the ooh la la. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, Rohit, you're up first because uh, I wanted to I wanted to make sure we had a lot of time to talk about this tonight. There are so many drugs available today to t- treat sexual dysfunction uh, for men living with diabetes out there, including Viagra, Cialis, and Levitra, but it can often be confusing. Can you tell us a little bit about the difference between these drugs and how they work? Yeah, I mean, basically these drugs work similar to the way caffeine does. Uh, caffeine works uh, in a very non-specific way in your body, um, but these drugs work very similar to that in a very specific way in your body. And what they do is they dilate uh, certain blood vessels, especially blood vessels uh, in the uh, penis, and uh, allowing for a man to achieve erection. Now, there's many things that can prevent a man from getting an erection. Uh, You know, it could be a disease like high cholesterol or diabetes because of uh, impaired blood flow, or it could be something in your mind, uh, or it could be some other mechanical issues. Uh, These drugs are good if, uh, you know, if they're taken properly. The difference between these drugs is how long they last, um, and in some people, one drug works better than the other. Um, as you can, as you've probably seen commercials for Cialis, uh, Cialis comes as a once-a-day pill, uh, a much lower dosage, or as you need a pill in a higher dosage. But Cialis, if you take it at the higher dosage, tends to last around 36 hours. Um, and also, these drugs do come with their own set of drug interactions. So you always want to check not only with your doctor to make sure that there's no other interacting drugs, um, but also with your pharmacist. Um, I want to interrupt you for one second because that's important to point out. Specifically, we're talking tonight, obviously, Diabetes Roundtable is about diabetes, people, patients living with diabetes. Uh, how do these three drugs interact with most of the medications available for diabetes? 
Right. So the the biggest interactions with uh, these medications, Cialis, Levitra, and Viagra, it, are with a group of medications called nitrates. Um, many diabetic patients uh, may be on nitrate medications to, you know, open the blood vessels in the heart, especially if people are having uh, ang angina pain. Um, so these medications should not be used if you're on any type of nitrate. Um, the reason why is your blood pressure will drop precipitously, and when you have rapid changes in your blood pressure, your brain doesn't get adequate oxygen and neither does your heart, so it might wind up creating additional problems. So that's why you always want to check with your doctor about uh, the safety of using this medication. I've had patients come to me um, asking for this medication at various different clinics, and, um, you know, after we have this discussion, the first thing I tell them uh, is, uh, you know, start with the mind. And I guess Dr. Bev will uh, go a little bit more about uh, managing stress. Uh, but it really, uh, you know, for for women, sexuality is uh, is in the mind. But in in uh, in reality, it is also for men. Yes, you know, when we see a nice girl walk by, we do get attracted to that. Um, but at the same time, uh, when it when we're talking about truly intimate relationships with our significant others, um, it really starts with mind. Um, and once we're able to get past those veils. Uh, we can start, uh, you know, working on uh, some of those other sexual problems. The I other just want to ask you one more question about this. If some of these drugs are giving men erections for several hours or days, yep. like you described, what what do you advise them? Well, the Cialis, uh, for example, lasts in your um, you know system for up to 36 hours, but you don't have an erection for 36 hours. Basically, it allows you to have an erection when you're good and uh, ready to have one. If you're excited, you'll have. If you're excited, you will more likely than not have an erection. Um, however, with all three of these drugs, if your erection lasts longer than four hours, as as they say in uh, the uh, TV commercials, that's a little bit more dangerous. No, no man was intended to ha uh, be erect for four hours because other parts of your body also need the blood, um, and it shouldn't just go to your your penis. So it needs to be redirected back to other parts of your body. Um, so. That's the only dangerous thing in terms of the the true side effect of this medication if it lasts that long. And what should, because most of our listeners are female out there and we're obviously talking about uh, sexual dysfunction among men in honor of our Father's Day podcast. This is a once-a-year thing we're doing tonight on uh, Diabetes Roundtable. What should some of the women, what should women know about this drug regarding their partners? Like is there anything that a woman should know? Absolutely. I mean, a man's not usually going to tell him, hey, I just popped the pill, let's do it. Um, usually, <clears throat> a man's going to kind of do that discreetly. Uh, but the most important thing their, uh, the female partners need to know about their male partners is, are they taking this medication? <clears throat> if they are, are they taking it as needed, or are they taking it um, in uh, Cialis's case once a day uh, at the lower dosage, um, and have they gotten the clearance from their doctor? And do they have the? Uh, are they on any other medications uh, that would interact? So they're trying to make sure that their partner is safe, so that they can actually enjoy one another. Um, so 
it's just more of awareness for women and uh so if in the event something does happen that they can uh you know get them to uh help as quickly as possible all right. Well, a lot of people are logging into our chat room, and you can too at Blog Talk Radio. We're going to have some questions for you at the end of the show regarding this topic. But right now, we're going to talk to Dr. Bev. Uh, Dr. Bev, a lot of men living with diabetes are stressed out. The economy is rough. They're worried about their relationships, their homes, what to eat, if they have to send their uh, son or daughter to college. Uh, what some? What are some ways they could lower their stress in their lives? Well, I'm going to start by telling you that um, erectile dysfunction is partially a physical cause and partially psychologically caused, and that there's a lot of overlap. And um, part of what somebody can do is make some good lifestyle choices. Okay, so one of the things is to keep your blood sugars within your target range, and um, if somebody's smoking, they should stop. If um, people are enjoying alcohol, um, men should limit the amount of alcohol. Um, to lower stress levels, um, a person needs to set a realistic expectation for himself, and he needs to ask for help if he needs to. And um, you can, uh, men can use relaxation techniques to uh, reduce stress. They can either do meditation, they can do yoga. Um, another uh, effective technique to lower stress levels is to get regular exercise. That increases blood flow, it improves your mood, it can help blood sugar levels, and it helps to reduce stress. Can I ask you a question, though, about this? Certainly. Um, I know you're a clinical psychologist, you're a certified diabetes educator, you're also an author, and you're living with diabetes as well. When men have this issue, how do, how do you tell women, how do you, I, it must affect relationships. So, I mean, I'm sure in your counseling you've had to deal with this. Men don't want to talk about this, though. I mean, we've talked about it at, at different Divabetic clubs, so I know firsthand. How do you get someone to really talk about this, and what should the partner know to kind of take away some of the stress around this subject? Well, first of all, if somebody comes to a therapist, they have to understand that we are not MDs. As a psychologist, I'm a PhD, not an MD, and that I will not be prescribing any medication. And um, a therapist can help. I'm going to say I think it's even better as a couple, but um, a therapist can deal with the individual uh, and try to... Uh, navigate talking about the problem. That's the first issue. You, I can't help anybody unless they start the ball rolling by discussing it. And um, as you were saying, you know, the discussion gets down and dirty. So, you know, there has to be, um, there's no judgment by the therapist. And the the, um, the the man in therapy has to feel comfortable enough to be really open and honest. And um, likewise, if he comes in with a partner. And um, part of the problem psychologically is if somebody's having problems, you know, either um, getting an erection or maintaining an erection, then they start to worry that the next time that's going to happen. 
and oh, the the first event has is is a natural occurring event, but events thereafter can be really induced by worry. Okay, yes, there's a lot of stress in everybody's lives, but once you start worrying, uh, it will totally dampen any uh, sexual excitement uh, with the anticipation that they may not be able to have, uh, you know, um, an erection, and that's called performance anxiety. And uh, that that is uh, counter... Uh, productive in um, overcoming uh, erectile dysfunction. And and really the best treatment is to develop realistic expectations for sex. For both partners. For both partners, exactly. And before we move on, I want to take one more second. I mean, because I know this is a difficult issue for both men and women to deal with. I understand the stress. it's such a personal issue as well. I, tell us something good that's come out of therapy around this. Have you seen couples form more lasting, loving relationships, you know, who came in struggling with something like this and kind of were able to push through it and work together? Yes, absolutely. Because, um, you know, uh, there can be uh, resentments that uh, people harbor against one or the other and uh, the blame game, you know, if you were this, I could do that and all sorts of other things that go on and uh, really um, to the demise of a relationship. And once you come in and you start to talk about these issues and you can give some um, assignments, homework assignments to, you know, to start with, the goal does not have to be sex. The goal can just be, um, you know, intimacy and cuddling and things like that so that there is no performance anxiety. You take that right off the table. And um, and couples can improve over the course of time. And, yes, they, they will definitely, they can, it is possible to rekindle that romance, but it's, there's other issues then that not just the sexual issue which All right. has contributed to the demise of the relationship. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that. Let's move on uh, to our final educator, Patricia Addy Gentle from Atlanta. Patricia, more men than women are uh, more men than women are drinking soda to begin with. But the good news is, a lot more men today are drinking diet soda than ever before. However, I just read an article. I'm sure everyone else did that. Some of these. Uh, Splenda and other artificial sweeteners can be causing diabetes. What do you think? Well, Max, you know, um, I am aware, very keenly aware that diabetes can be caused by weight gain. It can be caused by um, the extra glucose in the bloodstream, of course. So what we are looking at with Splenda is uh, Splenda, although the sucralose is not sugar, but it does combine, you know, it's an artificial sweetener, but then there is glucose contained in dextrose and the uh, maltodextrin that's also included in Splenda. It, that's what gives it that extremely sweet taste and makes it um, satisfying and a sugar substitute. So when we use Splenda, we have to still be cognizant about how much and what type of elevation in the bloodstream uh, we're getting when it comes to that glucose level. So 
in in saying that, why that extra glucose from the other components in Splenda are added to that factor, blood sugars can increase. And you still have to be very aware of how much of this glucose you're putting into your bloodstream. And if you're doing it in such an abundant way that you're causing weight gain, yes, diabetes can indeed uh, follow. So Splenda, although it's a non-sugar and um, uh, called a substitute sugar, we still have to be aware of what we're doing. Now, if you already have diabetes, that's a problem. For people who don't have diabetes, um, our pancreas usually will function in such a way that we excrete extra insulin to accommodate that extra glucose load. Um, if a person is on insulin or taking other diabetes medicines, then there may not be such a big factor, but, uh, of course, monitoring is key. So you have to know exactly how much Splenda, uh, how much glucose load you're putting into your system. As anything, nothing is off limits with diabetes, and they are allowed to use sugar. They're allowed to eat a sweet treat every now and then, but it has to be counted into the total meal plan. Mm -hmm. So with Splenda, you have to be aware of how much and what effect it has. So monitoring is key. All right. Well, thank you. And thank you all the educators for participating in tonight's hot topics. Remember, if you have a question for our educators, log on to our chat room now, and we'll be asking Dr. Bev Rohi and Patricia later on in the broadcast. Today, we're celebrating Father's Day at the Diabetes Roundtable, and so many women in the diabetic community over the years have told us that the children and grandchildren, their children and grandchildren are the reasons why they stay motivated to stay healthy and happy. Tonight, in, in honor of Father's Day, we want to let the men in our lives know how important they are to our diabetes wellness and how important their health is to each and every one of us. I feel this Luther Vandross song puts into words all the emotions we feel towards our fathers. Another dance with him I play a song that would never ever end How I'd love, love, love To dance with my father again All right, everyone, I want to welcome back to the show Dr. Beverly Adler. She's an author. We've had her on before. You just heard her talking earlier. And tonight we're going to turn the tables and talk a little bit about her newest book, My Sweet Life, Successful Men Living with Diabetes. Dr. Bev, I wanted to play that song by Luther Vandross because I feel when I talk to women, they really are so emotional about the reasons why they're trying to stay healthy. They're talking about their their children. They're talking about their grandchildren. Men, on the other hand, many times to me um, are so they don't like to communicate what's going on with them, and I don't really know if they if anyone really offers to them how much their health matters to the rest of the family and how you know the rest of the family wants to really gather around them and keep them healthy. I know this book specifically talks about men living with diabetes and their inspirational stories. So I wanted to first uh, just ask you a little bit about the difference between how men and women relate to their diabetes. 
Well, I'm going to say that uh, I do think men uh, are concerned about being around for their uh, spouses and their children and their grandchildren. Um, I think the authors uh, who contributed to the book definitely uh, um, say that even directly, that um, they are highly motivated. I mean, they may not share that with everybody, but certainly in the book they are definitely motivated when they – Think about the possibility that their uh, poor health could, uh, you know, cut short their lives. Um, many of them made uh, really dramatic uh, changes in their lifestyles to lose weight, to eat healthy, to start exercise programs. And um, I, I do think that is not so different for men and for women. So now tell us about some of these men in the book. Okay. Uh, Well, I'm going to tell you that uh, some of the men are um, doctors who uh, actually work in the field of endocrinology, and I think uh, they were inspired by their own having diabetes to to work with patients with diabetes. I'm going to say that uh, that seems to be my case as well, having uh, type 1 diabetes for 38 years. Um, I'm definitely, uh, it it drew me into my own uh, career of um, being a psychologist and specializing with the emotional issues and um, becoming a CDE. Um, Other uh, men in the book, I I have one other psychologist in the book as well. Uh, He doesn't specialize per se, uh, working with uh, diabetes patients. But um, he he does talk about his family as well. Uh, I think there is definitely a family uh, focus. Uh, Some of the other uh, authors are also athletes and um, are are pretty accomplished athletes. And I'm going to say some of them are especially motivated by their diabetes to not let diabetes interfere with their lives and what they can accomplish. And well, I agree, and I know we're going to get ready to meet one of the um, successful men featured in your book. I'm so excited to be bringing him on. But before I do, I just want to give a plug to this book. We do uh, Diva Bag Outreach all over the country. I will be honest and tell you, most of the time women are coming out for support meetings. It's sometimes hard to gather the men, Rohi and I, both work in Philadelphia once a year organizing an event for men in February. If you're interested in that event, you could go to divabedic.org. But why I love this book, Dr. Bev, is I feel like it is a support meeting for men. So if men out there don't want to go to diabetes support or don't have the time to to um, to meet people online, I feel like this book is a really wonderful resource for any man out there who wants to hear about, hear how a peer is doing this and not only doing managing their diabetes, but able to be successful at it as well as the rest of their life. So please, before we bring in Tony, our special guest tonight, just tell everyone how they could get their hands on your lovely book. Oh, thank you. I'm going to tell you that when I uh, published the first book, um, My Sweet Life, Successful Women with Diabetes, it was men who came to me and said, where's our book? 
And uh, I had not actually considered doing a second book. And it was uh, after I heard enough of these cries, outcries of where's our book, that I started to listen and uh, and I pulled together the authors that I have for this book. But I'm going to say that men are really eager, were eager to to receive a book like this. It wasn't. It wasn't my idea. It was their idea. Well, I love it. All right, so they could get the book at. It's on Amazon.com, correct? It is on Amazon.com. Yes, both books are both available on Amazon.com. And your Amazon. website com. is www.askdrbev.com, and that's A S K D R B E V. And the books on Amazon are available either as. Um, uh, you know, a soft cover book, or it's also available as a, an e publication, a Kindle. All right. Well, I am so thrilled that we have a guest. Uh, one of the authors from your book is yes. with us tonight. He's the founder and CEO of Type One Rider Organization. Let's meet Tony Servati. Hello, Tony. Hey, Matt. How are you doing tonight, buddy? I'm awesome. Thank you for joining the show. Uh, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, we we love singing your praises, and there's a lot to sing about here because not only are you part of Type 1 Rider Organization, which you're going to tell us about, you're also part of the Blue Heel Society. Earlier this year we had on uh, Thomas Moore from that uh, wonderful group you work with, but you're also a member of Diabetes Awareness, I mean Diabetes Advocate. So first, uh, Tony, I know you're so um, – you work so hard in diabetes outreach. I'd love to hear a little bit of your story and have you share with our listeners about being first diagnosed with diabetes and 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 hear some of your diagnosis to dude story. Well, uh, you know, I was diagnosed um, 37 years ago um, at the age of eight, and um, I uh, it was like 1976, and the technology back then was a little bit different than it is now, and. Um, you know, we had uh, my my mom uh, thought I had some kind of uh, um, uh, urinary tract infection or something, so I was drinking a ton and going to the bathroom all the time. And she brought me to my pediatrician, and he was like, "Nope," he's like, "He's got diabetes." And uh, you know, I spent about ten days in the hospital, which tells you exactly how long ago it actually was. Hmm. And um, uh, you know, I've been through. At that time, they didn't have blood glucose meters and and uh, insulin pumps and that kind of stuff. So uh, it was definitely a different time uh, for sure. Um, and uh, just kind of lived a pretty normal life. I can say that my pediatrician did give me one piece of advice. Um, I actually didn't have an endocrinologist per se until I got out of college. Um, so I saw my pediatrician only until I was uh, 17 or 18. And one of the things he told uh, us when I got diagnosed, which kind of stuck with me throughout life, is my mom was really upset, and she asked him, what happens if they serve birthday cake at school? And uh, the doctor looked at me and looked at her, and she was like, let him eat cake. And although that's kind of a cliche, you know, used phrase, it was it's actually exactly, exactly how you should live your life with diabetes. You know, you shouldn't really vary off your route. You just need to be more aware of what you need to do to, do, to eat cake at birthday parties and, and that kind of thing. So looking back at it, that was some pretty good advice even though I was only about eight years old. Well, I love how it, it doesn't – your attitude is so powerful, and, and diabetes doesn't s- seem to stop you from doing anything, including riding a bike. So I know your favorite <laughs> – 
piece of fitness equipment is a bicycle. You're also the CEO and founder of Type 1 Rider. So what is Type 1 Rider organization and why is biking so important to you? Well, we, uh, I founded Type 1 Rider um, about seven or eight years ago, and uh, I was working with uh, Joe Largay from the University of North Carolina Diabetes Care Center um, to become the first uh, recorded Type 1 um, uh, diabetic to do a 24-hour solo mountain bike race, which is a race that begins at noon on Saturday and ends at noon on Sunday. And uh, we were searching the web and trying to find information about about doing that, dealing with diabetes, and there wasn't anything out there. And uh, I just started to record notes about my training and what I ate and the insulin I took and my pump settings and, and that kind of thing. And it just started to um, somehow those notes, those simple text notes online that Joe and I shared sort of uh, got picked up in a search engine, and I started to get emails from other athletes um, triathletes, cyclists, swimmers, runners who are like, wow, you know, I'm trying to do longer events and, and the information you're providing is kind of interesting. How did you do that? Or how did you do that? And it just kind of kept growing from there. Um, so what it is is basically uh, it's grown to where it's basically a look into my type one life as it comes to uh, dealing with things that happen in life and racing and riding my bike and uh, some of the events I do and I post my blood sugars real time as I test them. Um, which I feed through my Twitter account. Um, and there's 11,500 blood glucose readings that I've posted over the years out there. And uh, it just kind of gives a picture uh, of how to, uh, how to accelerate and, uh, you know, be your best as being an athlete on the bike while also managing diabetes with your typical day-to-day life. Well, Tony, I want to ask you this question, you and Dr. Bev, because I find sports uh, – uh, Participating in sports, being an athlete in diabetes is so it, it's, it's so incredible and seems to work hand in hand. So many parents who are listening right now have uh, children living with diabetes, and a lot of them have sons. And a lot of sons I know from doing my outreach work um, don't always take the best care of themselves. But when they get involved with sports, it seems like the athlete in you kind of, uh, in my opinion, I want to know from Tony first and then Dr. Bev, Tony, it seems like being in sports could really help you begin to learn how to monitor your blood sugars in a more effective way, right? Because you're all you're aiming for performance. And I know that might seem overwhelming to someone right now who's listening. So did you find, I mean, obviously from hearing that you did the 24-hour bike ride, uh, blood sugars pay to play a big role in your performance. Did you find that they kind of went hand in hand? The more sports you did, the more you were you were more accepting and more willing to monitor your blood sugars? Well, I'd always, uh, I'd always been pretty okay with, um, you, you know, I never really rebelled against diabetes or the disease or having to do that stuff. It just kind of came with the territory. And part of that was probably because I was so young when I got diagnosed that it just kind of became a normal routine. But you're absolutely right in saying that when I got to college, uh, high school and I started to play varsity sports, it became more and more important to understand how diabetes affected the uh, the um, athletic performance either on the field or on the track or or on the wrestling mat whatever it might be and uh, that's when I started to really pay more attention to it and try to learn as much as I could to understand it um, I was very very lucky when I got to high school and that the head track coach um, um, Mr. Masur he uh, he happened to be type one as well so he was uh, one of the only other type ones that I had ever met up to that time. And so I had um, 
my track coach understand uh, a little bit about diabetes himself, being an athlete, and um, with that, we just kind of hone on it. But you're exactly right. The more you, the better you want to be either on the bike or on the track or in your chosen sport, the more important it is to uh, pay attention to how diabetes will affect your performance. And it is an intricate part in terms of not only your performance at the time, but uh, recovery from exercise and uh, all those other related items that come with being an athlete. I would think a lot of people listening, though, who are athletic and living with diabetes might get discouraged when they have a um, unexpected blood sugar at on the game day. You know, today's a big race, and suddenly your numbers are a little out of whack. How do you? How, what kind of advice or encouragement would you give some of those people listening right now? Well, it's uh, you know, diabetes is such a um, it's such an individual disease that affects everybody a little bit different. So, but yeah, what what I would recommend is you need to go out and um, experiment um, at, in near race conditions or, or near match conditions and learn as much about how your body responds to those, uh, to those events as you can and learn from that. So, for example, for me, I have a, um, I have a couple of uh, temporary basal rates in my Omnipod already programmed, and one of them, for example, is pre-race, and one of them is bike ride, and one of them is nervousness, and one of them is, uh, is uh, in case my bike breaks down during a race. And I've just learned that over, over, ta- over training sessions, what my body's going to do at certain times, and you have to incorporate that knowledge and understand how your body works um, to maximize your ability when you're competing. And, Dr. Bev, I want to ask you a question because um, I, I think athlete, sports and diabetes go hand in hand, but I know a lot of parents out there are nervous about their children competing with diabetes. What kind of advice can you give them? Well, you know what? I do agree with Tony. It's a, it's a, it's, you build up data, okay, of uh, uh, how your blood sugars are affected under different uh you know conditions of you know uh participating in sports and um that's how you get to uh try to maintain um within a target range i mean there are going to be ups and there are going to be downs it's part of the learning process and um so i think the best advice that i can give you know uh and you know a student athlete is to test Test, 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 and make sure where you are before your event, maybe during an event and after an event. And I have to say that in my book, I have some wonderful athletes, and they have very inspiring stories. And, yes, they weren't always successful in every uh, venture. They they learned over time. Um, Jay Hewitt was very successful as a triathlon, an Ironman triathlete. But he did a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of training. And he talks about those times that uh, his performance fell short because his blood sugar was too out of his range. And um, he just kept trying. And that's really, I think, one of the things, you know, parents have to continue to encourage and the athlete has to continue to keep trying. Um, Sean Busby is in the book. He is a professional snowboarder. He has a wonderful um, diabetes, um, like, summer camp 
for kids to learn about managing their diabetes and participating in sports. Charlie Kimball is the professional race car driver who just uh, competed this past weekend for the um, Indianapolis uh, 550 from Firestone. And um, he, he talks about how he manages his, his blood sugars even to this day, you know, Right. I mean, they're all showing anything's possible, which I love about this book. Again, it's um, My Sweet Life, Successful Men Living with Diabetes. It's available on Amazon.com. You're listening to Dr. Bev and the founder and CEO of Type 1 Rider Organization, Tony. Dr. Bev, I know you've played this game before, but Tony, are you ready? I'm ready. Okay, we're <laughs> now it's time for our diabetes numerology game. Here's how it works, Tony. I'm going to read aloud a random blood sugar value along with a related situation. Next, I'll ask you to tell us how you would deal with this situation, and the Charlie's Angels will listen to your answer and discuss other options and some tips for our listeners. Remember, if you're playing along with us tonight, keep in mind that one solution doesn't work for everyone. Check with your doctor to find out what your specific game plan should be, and visit divabetic.org for free diabetes numerology game downloads. Tony, I know later on this year you'll be walking down the aisle, and it probably won't be that long before you'll be walking your daughter down the aisle. So tonight, your diabetes game puzzle is loosely based on the film Father of the Bride. Okay. Your diabetes numerology situation, you're about to walk your 21-year-old daughter down the aisle to get married, and you're struggling with the fact that she's... She's all grown up. Your your diabetes numerology blood sugar value tonight is 54. What would you do? Well, uh, the first thing I would do, um, as I, I kind of hinted at a little while ago, is I have a uh, I have a nervous setting on my uh, on my Omnipod for lowering my basal rate. So I probably would have done that as soon as I got out of bed in the morning, because I know that I, uh, emotions kind of push my blood sugar lower. Uh, that being said. I always make sure that I have something in my pocket. So I imagine we're standing possibly in the back of the place we're going to get married and walk down the aisle, and I always have something with me handy, candy bar, M&Ms. They're actually my favorite because they don't melt. And uh, I would probably just real quick just, you know, take those, swallow them real quick, and uh, then continue on and uh, have a great ceremony. All right. Patricia Addy General, how did he do? He did well. Um, I would like to add that um, since you were – in a gathering of family members, hopefully, uh, people who know you very well, make sure that your diabetes entourage are informed about what normally happens when you are nervous. Make sure that they are keenly aware of different um, kinds of, of things that you may exhibit uh, when you do have lows, whether you have mood swings or you're profusely uh, perspiring or what, they may uh, be able to, when when is it necessary for them to intervene so that they are truly aware of what's going on with you. Also, one of the other things I'd like to say is don't forget to wear your identification just in case um, there are strangers around who might not know what's happening. So you're always on your guard and protected. I love it. Rohit, what would you like to add? Um, he did a phenomenal job. Obviously, uh, having type 1 as long as you do, you probably know how to manage this better than I do. 
Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm, I'm being honest here. Uh, so yes, uh, I agree with uh, uh, Dr. Bev's, uh, you know, suggestions, and uh, I also am very happy that, uh, you know, Tony is uh, on top of his A game in managing his diabetes. All right, and Dr. Bev, what would you like to add? Well, I'm going to say that under situations of anxiety, many people with diabetes do actually their blood sugars go up because of the re- release of cortisol, which is um, uh, it, it's, it promotes insulin resistance. Some people do actually go down. Tony's blood sugar goes down. I'm one of those people who also, under stressful circumstances, my blood sugar drops. And uh, I think uh, his solution, with what he keeps in his pocket and lowering his basal, all wonderful. And the last piece of advice I would give, when somebody is so stressed, okay, this is for anybody, you can do a really quick de-stress by deep breathing. And the way one would do that is you breathe in through your nose, you're going to take a deep breath, you count to four, and you release that breath through your mouth also to the count of four, and you can do that maybe three times. And that is is a way to, it just de-stresses the whole body. Great. So All right. Well, Tony, for playing. down the aisle, he needs to do some deep breathing. Uh, especially if he's giving away a 21-year-old daughter. I agree. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, for playing our diabetes numerology game tonight and helping us raise awareness in a fun new way, you're getting a new Naturals gift basket filled with diabetic-safe, low-glycemic, tooth-friendly sweeteners, a cabbage cheese gift basket, a healthy chocolate basket from Lily at www.simple-approach-2-healthy-living.com, at Level Foods gift basket containing delicious tasting glucose gel that will raise your blood sugar twice as fast as juice and with half the calories of soda. And tonight for Father's Day, you're getting a Unanus machine to help you stay healthy and happy all summer long. Thank you so very much. I appreciate it. Now it's time to meet, in honor of Father's Day, let's meet my favorite mama. It's time to meet Mama Rosemarie. Hi, Max. Hi, Mama Rosemarie. How are you tonight? Oh, I'm fine. The, uh, the program is just wonderful. I've learned so much about it. You know, I'm going to a barbecue a little later today. I thought your tip might have something to do to help inspire me about that. Well, it sure does. My tip this month is to enjoy your food without those added sauces, especially in the summertime when we're going to all those barbecues and all that delicious food. And even at weddings when we have all that rich food. So you want to be careful with your sauces. They often contain a lot of sugar, sodium, and additives that your body really doesn't need. So if you purchase high-quality produce and meats, you you may find that the food has much is just as great flavor if you just add a little spices to it instead of all that sauce. Also, get creative in your kitchen and try cooking methods such as broiling, steaming, and lots of light sautéing. This will help you keep that um, that high quality of eating. So this is Rosemary bidding you a ciao for now. All right. Thanks, Mom. That was a great tip. Tony, what did you think of the show? Oh, my gosh. We appreciate it. Thank well, you we so enjoyed much having, having the show. On. I'm sorry? I'm sorry. Thank you so much for having me on. It was great. I had a great time. Thank you. 
All right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Remember, visit DivaBetic's Facebook fan page and group pages and watch our videos on Mr. DivaBetic's YouTube channel. And then tune in to Mr. DivaBetic's show on June 26th with my guest author, Kim Boykin, and chef Robert Lewis, a.k.a. the happy diabetic join me. Remember, every diva and every dude has an entourage, and I'm so glad to be part of yours. Let's get happy and stay healthy together. I'd like to thank all my guests and thank you again for listening. Come and go, and we are moving on. Are you ready to dance with us, baby? Come on.